a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Guys, it's a new week, which means it's a new episode of The Crimson Corner. I am your KSL Utah Utes insider, Michelle Bodkin. And along with me today to talk about a myriad of topics, because there's kind of a lot going on right now, is my good friend, Sammy Mora. Sammy is a former editor at the Utah Chronicle, the student paper up at the University of Utah. She and I were also co-workers at Ute Zone, and now we're just friends and uh, media peeps, uh, but keep in contact and all that good stuff, still hang out and do some things. More girl power in in the media market here in Salt Lake. Sammy, what's good? Um, it's really good. I would just like also to add mentor because you really mentored me a lot through this whole like process of like getting into the media. So like mentor is like in that list with like friend and like coworker and everything. So that's just a side note, but, um, (laughs) I'm good. You know, there's a, like you said, there's a lot going on on the Hill right now. So it's a good time to be a Ute, I guess you could say. I, one could say that. One probably should say that. Uh, I mean, let's waste no time because like like we mentioned, there is a lot going on. I did not actually prep you on this one, but let's go ahead and talk about first how the men and women basketball teams are doing uh, because Uh, The women, I don't think are that shocking. I think everybody thought that they would be pretty good coming into this thing. The men, though, have gone some extraordinary wins, including beating number four Arizona before Utah beat number four USC, which we will get into after this. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting because, you know, I think the with the men's basketball team in particular, there wasn't, there was higher hopes than there were last season, but I think at the same time, like there was still a lot of question marks. There was still a lot of things that needed to be like answered. And I still think there is some of those questions around this team, but at the same time, I think 
getting that big win against Arizona, I think was kind of what this team needed. That team needed that, like that gutsy big mm-hmm. win that was going to um, impact them and kind of tell them that they can hang with anybody. Cause you know, th- things were really low after they lost to Sam Houston state. Like that was one of those games that Utah should have won, mm-hmm. but lost. So that one is, it's, it's interesting. I, I think there's I still think that this team is is there's going to be some losses that are still very questionable. I think that's kind of where things are headed. That's just my like my outside scope on things with this because um there's like I said there's question marks still around this team, but the women's team on the other hand like wee boy, they are they're so fun. They're so good. They, they are so good. They're so fun to watch and I think they have a very, very, very good chance of finishing non-conference play undefeated. That's that's just where I see this at. They got through their hardest stretch because they played Oklahoma, they played Alabama, and they played Ole Miss, and they came out of that three-game stretch undefeated. Um, obviously, they they um, won their most recent out-of-conference game, uh, Mississippi Valley State, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. I it's it's, it's it was some part of that combination of those words. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Mississippi Valley State. Yeah, it was part of that Pac-12 SWAC um alliance they have. Which so, is so cool. Really great. Love I love that. it. Um I will say that someone talked about as like a stat that they're like, well, the men's like if men's teams playing in the SWAC series, like most of them have lost. And I was like, ooh. That's not good. <laughs> well, I believe that that is actually coming up on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, taking on Jackson State, the used to be fighting Coach Primes. Coach uh, Primes. <laughs> yeah. Who's now moving on to Colorado, which is exciting for the Pac-12. The fighting buffs. The fighting buffs. Yes. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to that coaching move. Oh, it's gonna uh, be, it, it's gonna it was be a great announcement for the Pac-12. Uh, back to basketball, though. I, I'm i with you. The men's team, I still have some questions about. They're, I, and and I, I, they're going to, they're, they're going to lose, in my opinion, a few more head scratchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think they have it in them to beat a team or two still that like yeah. we don't necessarily expect and that's just kind of what I expected out of this team uh check you know check with the with the taking down Arizona we'll see you know where they head off to this women's team is interesting they are really good I know that they lead the country in several key stats mm-hmm. pac 12 is hard though in women's basketball I and I don't know I don't know who who or what may trip them up. Stanford's no joke. Obviously, they've kind of been a mainstay in the conference for a long, long time. Uh, I believe UCLA has been good for a long, yeah. long time. It's going to be like Stanford, UCLA, USC, and then probably Arizona. Those are like the four like bigger ones that have historically been an issue. Right. But then again, you like the Pac-12 in women's basketball I think is is very 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 strong across the board. There's only one or two teams that are kind of like eh. yeah. You yeah. have Oregon that's consistently really good. So you also have Oregon to throw that's on that mix, but yeah. um I think that there's there's a very good chance that they could probably be like a 2 or a 3 seed I think heading into the conference tournament. That's just 
where I'm at right now. I know we haven't even hit conference play. They haven't even played their first conference game, and they won't until the 14th of December. Um, but they do play BYU this weekend. So they sure do. That would be a huge step for Lynn to get a win over BYU because that's been kind of an Achilles heel the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but this women's team, they're they're young, they're fun, and they're like they're feisty. They will like just beat the crap out of you. And I, it's, it's it's fun to watch, not gonna lie. I feel like they've taken on the personality of Alyssa Peely, and I think mm-hmm. that's a very, very good thing for this team. So if you haven't checked out the women's basketball team, highly suggest highly very fun they've been very fun lynn roberts has been working so hard uh has had a lot of setbacks with injuries over the years has been her biggest issue it's never in my opinion really been a talent issue it's been an injury issue and just getting absolutely decimated it finally all came together last year it's looking really good this year Go go and support them she also i will say this she has been one of the like She's hitting the portal. She's hit the portal hard, and she's come out with some big wins. Um, Peely's obviously the biggest, like, impactor, impact player that they've currently got out of the portal. Um, she came from USC. She was Pac-12 freshman of the year her first year at USC. So it's like she's really good, and Lynn was able to bring her in. So I think that's, like, that's what is huge. And I, I remember after the Oklahoma game, she said, like, the one thing we've been missing is like that, like big, tough center. And now we have it. And I was, it, I think that, that gave me chills. I like just said, like, I was like, Ooh, Lynn, like, yay. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think this team is, this team is really good. And, and it's going to be a fun season. I think for both basketball teams, I think there's going to be a little bit more heartbreak when it comes to the men's team. But I think the women's team is, is going to be like right there, just mm-hmm. in prime position. Yeah, it, it's looking a lot more promising and brighter on the basketball end for Utah, uh, which is a great thing because I feel like most fans, their fandom started with basketball. I, on the other hand, was always a football girl. Uh, same, same. <laughs> I, you know, I did not ever follow basketball as closely. Utah Jazz, men's, women's basketball. This is something that I've kind of learned to appreciate over the years. I am a football girl. Football girl is where I got my fandom from, where I got my interest in sports from. And uh, football, football had, football had, football just had, they just had, they had a little thing, a little thing last weekend. It's a little thing. I, I mean, they too beat the number four team in the country after the men's basketball team beat in. the number four team in the country which by the way the university has pointed out they are the only team to do so in back-to-back days which that that statistic is just wild in and of itself that I'm like like dang like all of these stars were aligning but they beat the number four team heavy handedly I will yeah, say yeah no there there was no doubt there there was no refereeing mishaps there was no phantom passing or, or uh, roughing the passer calls no, or that perhaps yeah. swayed the game one way or the other no like I mean this was a full-on beatdown both you and I were there live in Las Vegas just initial thoughts in general I remember just sitting there and being like, okay, the first like quarter when it was like that and like beginning of the second quarter when it was like that three to 17, I was like, oh God, I was like, 
strap in folks it's gonna be a long night like it's gonna be like utah fans are gonna be uh very upset mm-hmm. come saturday morning um but then like i think i don't know like what clicked but the team just like they just were like hey we're going for it and we're not coming down like yeah you can factor in caleb williams's injury but at the same time it's like caleb williams wasn't on defense so it's like the Utah's offense was just really good. Well, and on they top just... of that, I feel like what people have failed to talk about, and yes, I get it, like Cam looks better, but Cam's not exactly running on 100% either. I mean, yeah. a big bulky knee brace really does affect what he tends to do as a quarterback too. So he's, on, gonna... like, he's on like one in a three-fourths leg. It, you know, it's one of those things, if we're going to talk about Caleb Williams battling through, then I think we need to talk about Cam Rising battling yeah. through. Uh, mm-hmm. it, but that's just me. Anyways, continue. Um, I, it was just, I think, I think Utah, like, Utah had a blueprint on what to do to beat USC from when they beat USC earlier in the season. Um, You had seen a lot of other teams in the Pac-12 try and replicate that. Um, that like blueprint, mainly I would say you, you, the biggest one is UCLA. You look at that kind of had that same like game plan, Mm -hmm. but, um, Utah just said like, Hey, well, we know it worked last time. So we're going to do the exact same thing. And at first it was kind of rough. I, I will admit it was a, it was a very uncomfortable first, like quarter and a half. Um, but things start finally started clicking. The defense got into the backfield Cam looked more comfortable. Um, his wide receivers and tight ends were catching balls. You had the running backs, specifically JJ and Makai, were playing really well. Um, it was just honestly, it was a. I'm gonna say out of the like the three aspects of football, you know, you have your offense, you have your defense, you have your special teams. I'm gonna say it was a two and a half, two and a half percent of the the unit showed out. They only get a half knocked off because of that mixed extra point, but like. <laughs> I think we all saw that one coming. We were all like, yeah, that one's something had to go wrong in the kicking game. Yeah. We're like that because there were, there was plenty of almost, well, there was also not a lot of like touchbacks, but then again, like there were quite a few that like are in the end zone or like on the goal line that USC was like, we're going to run this out. And then they got like 11 yards. I'm like, you should have just taken, you should have just taken the knee. You would have better field position. Yeah. Just, and that's like, that's like a little thing that like I've been focused on all season is the lack of touchbacks um I've talked about it no it's most of us yeah if if, here's the thing that people need to understand about the Utah media press box is uh there have been cheers when there's been touchbacks there's been cheers down in the stadium too like I remember (laughs) sitting in res at in the press box during the Stanford game I think it was and they're kicking a touchback and everyone in the stadium just cheering And there were people cheering on in Vegas when there was a touchback too. It's like USC fans probably think we're crazy because we're cheering for touchbacks. (laughs) But at this this point, touchbacks are so like, it's something that I think Utah fans took advantage of when we had it. We said, we said, oh, touchbacks. Utah definitely, Utah fans definitely took the special teams era for granted. Very much so. Very much so. We sacrificed a great special teams unit for uh better for, offense for for better offense yeah for two for two Pac-12 championships and, and two Rose Bowl berths that's what we sacrificed it for you know what it was worth it it was it was it worth was worth it, it. I Even think a lot of people in the moment yeah and yeah <laughs> so I would say overall 
it was a it was a really good performance um there's just there's i think there's a lot more good to focus on in this game than bad and i think that's a good thing um I, I, I don't like talking about peaking in football sometimes, especially when you have the season that Utah has where you have some really questionable in-conference losses and even an out-of-conference loss that you look back on it now and you're like, how did you lose to Florida? But <laughs> at the same time, I think I think if Utah was to be peaking at the right time, I think now is like they're peaking right now and I'm like, I would hate to be on Penn State and be lined up against, like against this Utah like either offense or defense because they are like they're this confident. close they're confident and they are they're so confident. close to getting what they want and what they've been working for and I think that like nothing is going to stop them there were a couple of crazy things that happened in that game uh the one is perusing the stat sheet I noticed that Cam completed 22 passes and again mm-hmm. these guys made it very 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 clear uh Friday night after the win that they are doing this for 22. So, yep. you know, however you may fill out there about the 22 thing and Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe, it is still a very, very much a thing with this team. It's still very much on their mind and it's part of what drives them. Proving that I feel like Utah really, really, really put on the Jets Mm-hmm. after the moment of loudness like oh yeah they were so juiced up after that it literally literally I felt like you could feel a momentum shift just it, it became very 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 clear in my opinion there was no stopping Utah after that Utah was in it to win it and oh my gosh did they win it yeah and I, I think the other thing is is like you need the fans to have some form of like influence in this game and not like all the time like I'm talking just like on third downs when the opposing team has the ball you want them to be making noise like Utah USC fans kind of checked out but also kind of didn't like they were still there making noise when Utah had the ball on third down but it wasn't half as loud as it was like earlier in the game in my opinion because I think they I think the USC fans started to see the writing on the wall and I think they started to check out because like when you get like when Utah gets going, they're like a freight train that you can't stop. Uh-huh. Um, and I think USC got that, like the brunt of that experience. Um, and like people like, yeah, they didn't get it last, like earlier in October because of how close that game was. But at the same time, like Utah was like, we're, this is ours for taking Utah also thrives as an underdog and that's what Utah was everyone was our like Kyle Whittingham joked about in his press conference he was like yeah we took a team vote about if we should actually show up for this game because everyone already said they are going to the playoffs and they already had the Heisman Trophy winner like Utah thrives in that mentality and I think that it's it's like poking a bear it's like you shouldn't do that don't poke the bear don't give them bullet bulletin board material don't do anything like that because don't wit paint your fingernails yeah don't paint your fingernails because Wade like, knows what's gonna like he knows what he could get he knows how to motivate his team in the right way so that they show up and they show out for these big games yeah I saw those fingernails before the game and I was like uh-oh I was like this ain't gonna end well <laughs> but then it looked scary but then it, it actually it did end the way that I kind of started getting the vibes that it would it was a very interesting game yeah. a very interesting matchup I feel like USC kind of came in 
very much underestimating their opponent. And that that is always mistake number one. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're USC. I don't care if you're Utah. You always go into a game with respect for your opponent. Yeah. And it was clear one side did that. It was very clear the other side did not. And I, I mean, we we see how that ultimately worked out. Um, so I lessons there. Mm-hmm. Always respect your opponent. Exactly. <laughs> Always respect your opponent. It's like um, Wit says, don't play down to them. Play at the level that like you know you can play at. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh I mean, let's talk about Jaquindon's emergence in the running back room. Like I I mean, uh, it's crazy. He was in the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. switched halfway through the year and again to be very clear this is not somebody that's unfamiliar with that position mm-hmm. he played it before it's just been several years but how quickly he's picked it up at the collegiate level against not horrible teams crazy it's impressive and um he had 100 yards versus Colorado. He had 100 yards versus USC. If close things go against Arizona, he was very close. Three yeah. yards off against Arizona. Very close. Like he, he, there's a very good chance that in this Penn State game, he could go for, he could have three hundred yard games in a row. Um, I think, I think it's really great. And I, I remember that first week after he, he started playing running back, and I, this has stuck with me all season. Is when he said, like, I found my joy again. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that, like, a lot of Utah fans were, like, excited about because they were like, yeah, like, JJ, like, look at him go. Like, he's doing great. And, like, I think a lot of Utah fans saw, like, could tell that there was a chance that Jaquinnon would might not ever play quarterback because you had Cam, you have Bryson, you have um, Brandon Rose, and you have Nate Johnson on roster. Plus, you have Mac John- Mac. Mac Howard, Howard. who's committed. <laughs> Mac- I keep wanting to say Mac Jones because I don't – because quarterback – um but Mac Howard who's committed yeah but (laughs) it's yeah oh god but anyways yeah so you have you have like all these quarterbacks and I think that I think yeah it's I'm glad that you're able to find like him somewhere to play and that he wasn't like okay well I'm gonna leave then and transfer but then again I had a feeling like deep in my heart that I knew Jaquinnon wasn't gonna leave because I think he like he knows how much this program means to him and how much these fans, how much these fans care about him. And so well, with, and especially winning the scholarship, the Ty and Aaron scholarship this year, I think that was also something that was really big for him, but I, to it's going to be great. What I've gathered from, from just listening to him, observing him is he really feels like he has a job to finish at Utah for his mm-hmm. friends, uh, which for those unfamiliar with the story, he is largely at Utah because of Ty Jordan, because of Aaron Lowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all grew up together. They they all kind of knew each other, gravitated in the same circle, ended up at the same college. The two people that he knew best on the team are no longer here. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, it just feels like he feels a sense of purpose to finish what they wanted to accomplish at Utah. Uh, I think that's become very, very clear. It has. And I, I think I I've, I've said this and I think that this is something that I think is, it might happen is I have a feeling that 
since Mikai walked, I think most people are under the like feeling that he's going to go to the next level or just leave or whatever. I do think Jaquinnon is probably going to be running back one. I think he has the skills. He's already showing so much improvement from the first time he took snaps at running back this season to last week in the Pac-12 championship. He's he's lowering his shoulder at the right time. He's hitting the gaps. He's turning on the boosters. He's taking advantage of those holes that he is seeing. And it's it's really great. And I think him having a background as a quarterback is is very important because he's able to read the defenses before the defenses like the balls even snap like he knows some of these schemes and he knows some of these concepts from his past as a quarterback and like yeah he has to know how to change it on the fly because when you're in a a, a, like a read option like you as a quarterback you read option but if you're the running back you need to just run as if you're gonna get the ball so there's some like changes he has to make but Jaquindon has the talent and has the capabilities of becoming the starting running back at the University of Utah and I think that there's there's a very strong possibility that I think it might happen we now we're going to get to see how truly he's going to develop because after this Rose Bowl he's going to have all of spring ball and all of fall camp to get more used to this position mm-hmm. um he's already I think he's more he's I think it's very clear to see that he's already more used to it than he has been he was the first week but now with a full off season, I think Jaquinnon is going to be a force to be reckoned with because he's just, he's a big back that I think that is just so powerful and so good that I, it's, it's going to be, I think he's the future of the running back room. That's, that's the, the, the moral of my long tangent is that. I I absolutely agree with you. I I've had a lot of people tell me they're very high on him. Um, just, the, the big body, the fact that he can throw throw people around the way mm-hmm. that he can and continue to get yak um, yards after carry, like, is just, it's, it's crazy. And you add in the wrinkles that you can add in because he was a quarterback. And we've already seen this a few times where they've had Cam kick out to a wide receiver position and he's taken the snap. And, mm-hmm. Like, there's just all kinds of things that you can do with a guy with the type of background that Jaquindon has from a, the fact that he's been playing quarterback uh, to just the fact that he is an athletic freak. Like there, there are just very few people built and designed like Jaquindon Jackson. And I said that, sorry, one sec. I said this last week. Um, he is built like Zach Charbonnet. There you go. The, yeah. the running back at UCLA. He has one inch on on Charbonnet. I think Charbonnet's six one. I think Jaquinnon's six two, yeah. and Charbonnet's two twenty, and Jaquinnon's two twenty seven. I think so. Like if Char like Charbonnet is going to probably play at the next level. He's going to play oh, in the no NFL. Doubt. He's, he's so going to play bad. at the NFL. And so, and I said this prior to the the Pac twelve championship game. I said USC had a hard time t- controlling Zach Charbonnet. If they can get Jaquinnon going, they're going to struggle because Jaquinnon is another physical big back just like Charbonnet. So I, that's, sorry, that's just a side note that I, that I, that you just, that just popped into my head from what you were talking about. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I I apologize. I'm going to. I I am always here for a little move the chains and Charbonnet discussion. Mm -hmm. So yes, yes. Always here for that. That's a great comparison. Uh, I think the future is bright for Jaquindon. 
honestly, real quick, I think the future is just super bright for Utah football in general. Uh, We've seen a couple of interesting commits. It's sounding like a few others are perhaps on the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Just talk about, you know, recruiting really quick before we move on to our final sport that we need to touch on. Um, I'm going to just say this. Hold on to your butts because yes. things are going. So signing day will be the 21st of December. That is a couple weeks from now, two weeks, I think. Um, hold on to your butts. There are. I, I have a feeling that this is probably going to be a wild sprint to the finish for Utah, but just keep in mind that there will be some guys um, like Walker Lyons, who's decommitted from Stanford and is a big tight end prospect for Utah, who won't be signing until February. Um, but I think Utah's hoping to have a majority of the class like locked in in December. Um, I'm just going to say hold on to your buds because I just know that this is going to be uh, this is going to be a wild ride. I think Utah fans are going to enjoy it. Um, I think. Spencer Fano committing on Monday night was just the first of many oh, dominoes. Yeah. Yep. Dominoes that are going to just come on tumbling down. You know, p- kids want to play for a team that's won back-to-back ch- conference championships and that want that is playing in back-to-back Rose Bowls. So I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So hold on to your butts. Yes. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to there. Obviously, keep your eyes on Ute Zone. I will also have some coverage on that as well. Uh, it, it is. It's. I expect it to be full blown crazy. Uh, I expect to maybe not get a whole lot of sleep because uh, this stuff is going to happen so fast and so quick on yeah. this. Uh, but. People have been upset and concerned about, I think, a Rose Bowl bump and that we didn't necessarily see that early on. I think we're seeing it now. We're seeing it now. Rose Bowl. Yeah, we're seeing it now. And I think uh, it's it's just going to get better from here for Utah recruiting, I think. is I think that's the uh, that's what I've been feeling and hearing is that it's just going to it's just it's just going to get better because, you know, you have stability and coaching. You have a great program you have great development mentalities you have great fans you have great facilities you have great everything and now you're finally all of those great things are finally adding up to those championships and those rose bowl births and maybe one day even a playoff birth like you're getting those things you're crossing off a lot of those boxes of things that kids want and so i think that's the uh that's the biggest part is just the best days are yet to come i think yes completely agree Talking about another winner, consistent winner, 40 plus years of winning, constant winning, lots of winning, 10 championships type of winning. Uh, Utah Gymnastics will have their preview on Friday. Sammy, you're a big gymnastics freak. You actually understand it, I think, a lot better than I do. What are you looking forward to most in this preview in the season ahead for the Red Rocks? Um, so the thing is, I like to preface with the preview is the preview is kind of like a spring game. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see a lot. Well, you're going to see like all the routines and stuff like that. But sometimes you're going to see them with spot like people like spotters and like whatever. But like it's like a spring game. So just yeah. keep that in mind. But I think I'm very excited about the depth I think that this team has um one of the biggest and probably my favorite addition of this entire cycle was Abby Brenner um the transfer the national champion transfer from Michigan 
um, coming to Utah um, just for her fifth year, just as a grad transfer. She she is going to give a much, much, much needed boost to that vault lineup. That's been the event that Utah has been consistently struggling with mm-hmm. um, as the, like the last the last two or three years is what I want to say. Um, you obviously have Jaden Rucker, who is the, the national champion on vault, but you need you need six girls to throw tens like you can't be throwing four tens and two nine nine fives in this world that we're in with college gymnastics now you need to be throwing tens all the time on vault and so I think Brenner really gives that that boost in the vault area you also have two talented freshmen in McKenna Smith and Sarah Crump join the team McKenna is a very highly decorated gymnast and I think she's going to be great on this team um Sarah's also, she's a local prospect who, well, she, she grew up locally and then moved to Vegas or New Mexico. I can't remember if she gets, I get confused, but like you have her come in and then you have just the same, the same core as you had last year. You do lose a couple pieces, but not like, you're not losing like your starting quarterback. Like that's, you're not losing that with this, this Red Rocks team this year. So it's Miley O'Keefe. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you want to know who the cam rising is of this Utah football team, it's Miley O'Keefe, but um, it's going to be, I think this is, this season's very, it's going to be very good. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these things shake up. You have your first like real test of the season, the first week of the season versus LSU. Um, So that's going to be fun. It's at the Huntsman center, which is always always a great environment to go to a gymnastics meet at the Huntsman Center. That place is packed. It's rocking and it's fantastic. But the depth of this team is, is, is really magnificent. I think it's something that has been weakness at times for certain Mm -hmm. events, but I think finally Tom Farden's building up that, like that good depth. I'm also excited to see Kara Aker in a full season, hopefully, knock on yeah, wood. Fingers crossed. Um, because, you know, she got hurt in that first meet versus in the best of Utah and then didn't really come back until yeah. tail end of the season, like like regionals and nationals. So I'm excited for that. Obviously, you know, take this whole Red Rock preview with a grain of salt because they're not competing against anybody and there's no official scores given. So you just kind of have to wing it um, when it comes to scoring. So it's it's this this team is very fun like I love this gymnastics team like a lot yeah they're they're super fun we plug the women's basketball team go go show up go support them also show up and support the Red Rocks they have a very big season ahead Mm -hmm. uh lots of big matches actually coming to the Huntsman Center uh that's I, I mean, frankly, I don't remember a time that the schedules looked quite like this. So last season's was pretty good. I will say that, but like this season, you get UCLA at home, which is always a fun, fun meet. Mm-hmm. Um, you get LSU. You no, yeah. it's it's going to be a good time, and I expect these girls to be really, really good once again. Uh, we we will have coverage of that event on kslsports.com uh, as well as Ute Zone. And uh, I think Sammy is someone that I'm going to have to have come back on to do a lot more talk on Red Rocks once we kind of get a better feel as to what exactly this team is looking like and who they're going to be. But we are just about out of time. So I'm going to sign this thing off for this week. You have been listening to the Crimson Corner with my good friend Sammy Mora at UteZone.com. 
I am, of course, your host, Michelle Bachman, your Utah Utes Insider. And until next time, as always, go Utes. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.